Well, it is your girl, Brie Undeniably, checking in for another episode of my speaker series, Deep Conversations with Dope Individuals, where we're discussing development, decision-making, and dedication to purpose. Today, as always, I am here with another super dope individual. Um, Before I introduce her, I want to do a couple things. First, shout outs. And then also I just have a disclaimer um, just about the sensitivity of topics we'll be discussing today. But first and foremost, shout outs. I love to do them. I love to give credit where it is due. Um, if you are watching this podcast on YouTube or if you are listening to The Crisp Sound, um, that is all thanks to Gotham Podcast Studio. That is where I'm recording from. They are doing the audio and video engineering. So I'm super thankful to be working with them and have this space. So shout out to Gotham. Um, also, shout out to MC Kicks, though I am not rocking any MC Kicks gear. They are always putting me on with the merch um, and all the cool customized gear. So um, if you haven't checked them out, you can find them at at E-M-C-E-E. K-I-C-K-S. That's on Instagram, uh, all social platforms, as well as mckicks.com is their site. Um, if you have not checked out my site, got to pump myself up as well, uh, briandeniably.com. That's where you can get all of your dope individual merch uh, to go with the dope individual podcast that we're doing here. Um, you can also get your I Am Possible merch there. So the I Am Possible beanies, um, sweatshirts, we have uh, duffel bags, so all types of gear there. So buy into the possibility of you and go check that out on my site. One more quick shout out today. If you are watching on YouTube, I'm actually going to slide my laptop over here. This, I just, um, if I'm wearing something cool, I'd like to talk about it. So this is actually a former student of mine, uh, though I will not say their name. Shout out to them. Uh, The sweatshirt says education plus revolution equals culture shift, which I think is such a dope piece of merch to be rocking and supporting a former student. So shout out to them. Keep doing your thing. Um, I love, love, love supporting uh, young entrepreneurs. Okay. Those are all my shout outs. Um, I am about to introduce my guest, but I just want to let everyone know that if you are listening in today, um, there I do want to offer a sensitivity disclaimer. Uh, we will be talking about sensitive topics in today's podcast that um, are around abuse and trauma, um, both in uh, childhood abuse and trauma, as well as, you know, kind of talking about how that has you know, how that is in this guest's life and why she is talking about it. So um, we will be discussing those topics. And I just want to let anyone know um, to make sure if that is a a sensitive topic for you, that you are listening in a comfortable space and a space where you feel safe and secure. Okay. So we are here with Kimberly Bell. I am so excited to have Kimberly on. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's so, so wonderful to have you. I really look forward to doing this episode with you. And I am going to give you the introduction that you deserve. So, uh, yes, absolutely. Don't have me tear it up, though. (laughs) Not yet. Okay, so Kimberly Bell is a passionate speaker and author who uses personal life struggles as a fountain of inspiration, empowerment, and insight into the realities that are often hidden beneath the surface surface of our society. Through her talks, she covers topics around domestic violence, kinship and foster care, teen pregnancy, child abuse, sexual abuse, and abusive relationships, as well as the trauma and PTSD that follows. 
She has a deep understanding of family dynamics and how, the sh- and how that shapes the mind. And she uses her words to empower others and help people overcome abandonment and rejection. Once again, Kimberly, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So let's get into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the way that I, uh, I really like to start the show, um, is that in the counseling community, I always like to meet my clients where they're at to, um, help me understand them and where they're, where they are in their life space right now. So I do the same thing with my guests so that my listeners can have a better understanding of who you are. So if you don't mind, help us meet you where you're at and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where I'm at right now is I'm loving this season of life that I am as a single parent of five. <laughs> wow. Wow. Children and one, five, well, one minor, which she just turned six years old in December. Oh. So, and I have six grandchildren and I'm just loving, I'm just loving life. I still work full time um, as a case manager and I've been doing that for a while and I just love, uh, I love my cases. I love my families. I love that type of work because I, I'm, I daily, I find my purpose of assisting and, and, and sharing, um, if not, um, a thought, um, a word, um, a smile from the phone, <laughs> or mm-hmm. being, you know, doing camera that, um, doing this, doing this journey of whatever circumstances or situation anyone's in, we can, we can get through it. We can get through it. We can't get through it alone. We can get through it together. Yes. Some, some kind of way we're going to get through it. <laughs> That's such sound advice, and you are for sure the person um, to to hear those words from because I know that there's so much power behind behind that saying specifically. You can get through it, or we can get through it. Absolutely. Well, okay. So, um, I mean, you're doing powerful work day to day. Um, I really want to jump sort of right into it. Um, I know. As I had already mentioned that we are going to talk about some sensitive topics, but um, I know in when in our previous discussion, as we talked about you coming on the podcast, you really um, went in depth about uh, the life journey that you went on and how that has really, you know, transformed a lot about you and who you are and has led you to write your book um, and really be inspiring people through that. So I really want to bring listeners um, down this journey of um, difficult times, but also of transformational times for you. Yeah. So let's, wherever you'd like to begin there. Okay. All right. So yeah, as um, our previous conversation, jumping right in into the inspiration of putting my whole journey, my Mm -hmm. whole life from the beginning into a book. Um, I had to accept, first of all, these um, beyond control uh, situations and then some controlled situations that um, I went through. I actually went through them and they were sad and they were um, awful. (laughs) They were disappointing and they were hurtful and they were... um, you know, um, some things that um, other people had went through their self. And so from the beginning of um, being dropped off, you know, from um, at five years old, um, from my biological father to live with my um, 
biological aunt, which was his sister, paternal aunt. Um, and I had never stayed with his family in my life, but um, I had lived up, lived with my biological family all the way up until I was between five and six years old. And um, I witnessed uh, physical abuse. I witnessed um, emotional abuse because even at that age, I, I never seen there uh, a loving relationship between my mother and father. Mm. Um, I never seen them, but um, always remember the drama that that I witnessed. Mm -hmm. The um, the arguments, the the, the dis disappointing looks towards each other, the yells, the um. So when a child continuously or repeatedly sees that, it's um, far and few for them to, if I had ever witnessed or if I ever seen any other um, loving signs, I can't remember. <laughs> can't remember. Now I do. Um, I do recall my older sister, which is two years older than me, that I'm wearing her necklace now Aww. that she bought me um, last year for for my birthday. Um, we were separated, of course, but she was two years older than me. But at that time, um, I witnessed her love, her sibling love. And I gravitated to that. Mm -hmm. I also felt my father's love, but I never, I never breathe connected with a mother love, even from little. I always, always remember um, this beautiful brown skinned woman looking, looking at me and wondering why was she so mean? Why mm -hmm. she hated me so? Why did she treat me the way she did? What could I do to better deserve her love? What could I do as a child? And this is four and three years old. Three. Oh. Could I be quieter? Could I be um, 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 more loving? Uh, could I could I just stay out of her way more um, for her, for her to get the, for for me to get the attention from her? I yearned um, all the way up until I can remember uh, um, a hug from her, um, a caring sensitivity. Um, you know, um, feeling, yeah. whether it was physical or whether it was emotional, I yearned for that yeah. and I never got it. And so I do remember, um, being dropped off after a very traumatic experience, me and my sister witnessed, um, my father and her was riding around and they had us in the car and he kept going around trying to get us, um, watched and, um, no one would, um, I guess, could watch us so I do remember specifically we stopped I believe at a gas station for a convenience store and he physically beat her um, in front of us till we see nothing but blood oh. I mean blood was coming from her eyes her nose from her mouth and Brie I remember just like it was yesterday that I was at um, like in a uh, a zombie, a zombie state. Oh, like I, I couldn't move. I couldn't cry. I couldn't move. I remember glancing over, over my to my sister who was hysterical. She was crying and trying to beat my dad off. You know, both of us in the back seat. But I remember going from her to my parents, mm -hmm. her to my parents, as frozen, like the frozen, frozen. Yeah. Like I just, I just couldn't. I couldn't. Well, I was a silent child anyway, because like I said, Bri, I was trying to um, get that love and attention mm -hmm. from my mother. So um, I, I, I had no words to say. I, I couldn't cry. I just was in the wandering state of 
what in the world is going on and why is this happening to such a beautiful woman that I care about so much that hasn't showed me any love and they're here my my sister's upset and why is my dad doing this and it was it was horrible so anyway that happened just before now I was dropped off it wasn't like a day or a week past but this was hours before I was dropped off and was told that they were that he would be back and that was it and I ended up staying with these people for my journey my goodness no return was no reunited with my biological mother biological father down the road they did divorce she did have other children by him but um I never reunited with them I never got reunited with my oldest sister and um that's where I stayed so getting back to this transparency Mm -hmm. and bringing you know, like my book, I had to accept that beginning. Um, it was, I don't really believe until the book was released, accepted in a way that it freed me. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, I, you know, I, I just, I, first and foremost, I sincerely, sincerely thank you for your transparency and your vulnerability in sharing that piece of your story. Um, that is, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm taking a moment to take it in because, uh, you said something that struck a chord after saying all that, that you had to accept this as your beginning and that right there, that this was your beginning. It was my beginning. This was yes. your beginning. And I just, you know, I'm, I am, I guess, taking in the magnitude of that experience um, for a child, for that to be your beginning. And just to know, you know, having, knowing where you're at now and to know um, that you get to share the power that is behind this story, but, um, you, I'm already truly, truly inspired by you. Um, and again, I just, I sincerely appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. And I, and you know, I, I, I always been, um, you know, uh, one that, um, from, from little after being, given to my um, adopted family because they ended up adopting me. But I never had a one-on-one or a two-on-one sit down and talk and say, you know, you're going to be adopted. Your birth certificate is going to be changed. You're going to stay here. Um, You will not be going back. I never got that talk. I never got closure from my biological mother. And I think that's good for someone to hear that, Mm -hmm. that, you may at times never get closure, mm-hmm. but you have to find peace within. I never got closure. Why? Um, I wasn't reunited back with my mother or my siblings. What happened with her and our relationship? Um, why she didn't fight for me? Um, and there were questions that was asked, but I was never given an answer. I was right. never given a response. Um, so I had to learn. And after this book was 
released and I had the um, caption underneath that said accept and embrace it all that's where the embrace came from is that I had to embrace the unexpected unexpected res, um, outcomes mm-hmm. of situations of circumstances embrace them because it's, the, it's no way I can let that define me and stun my growth mm-hmm. stun the relationship between my my children and my grandchildren yes. because I want to expect hear this I'm still yearning and expecting on holding on to a relationship with my biological mother that does not that cannot give me that for whatever reason that is I don't know but it's not worth my life mm-hmm. it's not worth my life to be depressed mm-hmm. and in anxiety and filled with fear and discord and even hate because I love her and will always love her. But the expectation had to be embraced of it was an unexpected outcome for me Mm -hmm. because no matter what, I still reached out and said, let's have a relationship a daughter and mother, you know, relationship, regardless, you can't, you can't, um, make up for time. I'm not even asking that, but what I was asking, she did not want to give and you can't make anyone give something that they can't give. Get love. And I had to find this out. Bravery is not a love. Love is love is not bought. You can't buy love. It either is given unconditionally, genuinely, or nothing. And you have to choose what that love you want to accept. I give that unconditional love. And I expect the same return. Not that I have to buy it. Not that I have to beg for it. My adopted dad gave me unconditional love. And he was not. Um, my biological father, mm-hmm. but this is where the epitome of Kimmy came from. This is where the title Kimmy came from because he called me Kimmy and he would say, listen to your dear old dad, Kimmy. And he raised me with the foundation of, you know, God and trusting in God and tr- church. And, and he would always say, he said, Kimmy, um, I would, I was going through a um, period in my life where my, my Well, my adopted mother, she was only doing what she knew what was best. I don't think it was intentionally harmful, but because they were in that older era, they, she seemed to adopt them those ways of, um, um, criticizing skin tone and color and, and features. And, um, at that time around nine or 10 years old, and I learned from this with my my girls. I will text any any time and say, "Hey, beautiful, what are you guys doing?" or whatever, because I learned to um, make sure that I don't repeat those unhealthy cycles. Mm-hmm. Well, this is how my self esteem had went down, and I had to rebuild my self worth, as you were saying, Brie, of accepting my foundation. My foundation mm-hmm. with my color was criticized from the beginning with my adopted mother and I don't think it like I said it wasn't intentionally hurt but it did hurt me yeah and it damaged my self-esteem because she said oh Kim you're 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 um brown and you're you're not light as us your skin complexion is not light as us and you look different 
but we still love you. You may have a nigger nose and your lips are thick, but we still love you. It's okay. You, 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 it's because of your genes. It's because of your, um, your bloodline. At nine and 10, I'm like, whoa, this is a flaw. Mm -hmm. I got, I can't, I can't stand this nose. I can't stand these lips. So I ended up growing, thinking that this is something wrong because of what was invested in me. But then there was my adopted dad that had a lot of wisdom and he had that unconditional love. And even though he couldn't save me from all the hurt and all the things that were planted as seeds from my biological mom, but he would say to me, Kimmy, Stop hiding that smile. The smile, the world needs to see your smile. Do you know how that smile would make someone's day? So, you know, so wow. I'm trying to give you, Bree, and other listeners, other things to understand and gravitate from. Those pros and cons help shape this Kim that you see now, but also that, that will help us in our journey to understand how powerful words are and how we have to um, cut some of these um generational you know mm-hmm. unhealthy styles that have been um repeated cycles and um make this a uh, better relationship and a better world for our next generation and for our even for ourselves you know absolutely um <laughs> My gosh, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm over here and I just feel like lost in the power of your words. And, you know, the I just your story is just every piece that you tell is so intentional with the power behind it. And I just want to highlight uh two pieces that you 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 know you just touched on. One, um rewinding a bit, you were talking about embracing the unknown. I think that that, that is such a necessary takeaway um, when we when we're yearning for something that we won't necessarily be able to get, uh, you know, or you know that sort of embracing what we what we don't know or what we can't um, can't attain, so to speak, if it's if it's in terms of love or whatever it might be that we're yearning for, um, sort of in, embracing that uh, whatever might come, the embracing the the next piece, whether you have that closure or not. Um, so you know, it, because we don't all get closure, and and that is a, a real piece of what. Um, you know, has such power in your story is that lack of closure, but you have used it to empower you forward rather than hold you down and keep looking for it. So, um, I just think that that is, is so important to highlight as, as a super strong, um, takeaway from what you're saying. And the other piece, which I, you know, again, the power of your words, but the power of words in general um, is just another major um, component in what I'm hearing in your story and, you know, how they can they can really do both to the human spirit. They can really bury us inside of ourselves if we hear words that are so painful and cut so deep and uh, especially in the development stage where you don't have that sense of self. Um, 
then those words can become a piece of your development. And that is, you know, what we hope no no child has to has to develop under, you know, those negative words, but we know that that's happening. But then on the other side of the coin is the incredible power of those positive words or those affirmations from those around you. Again, especially as a kid, when you're getting, when these words are coming from adults, the ones that you're learning from, the ones that are helping develop you and helping you grow, um, you know, saying that the world needs to see your smile, that, you know, the power in those words can also really propel you forward. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm just over here really, you know, taking out like some of the many, many incredible points that you're that you're highlighting in your story by just telling your story. And, you know, I think um I think all of that to say, and I and I want us to continue along with you telling your story, but all that to say, uh, there's a reason why you wrote a book. Um <laughs> there's gotta be a reason. And uh, you know, that is really because I think you know, you understood the power of words at an early age and, um, you know, amongst all of the other things that you learned at an age that many of us, you know, hadn't learned yet, you learned and in, in those stuck with you and you're, you've been able to bring all of those lessons into putting together your memoir, which I think um, is so important for the world to have now in its hands. And I said, I said, you know, um, God had designed my life, even though my first job was like at 13 at a crab box. My mom had me cracking claws. But after that, like, I always seemed to be able to purposely work into the community with the youth, with substituting and everything. And periodically, when appropriate times would come, I would be able to share little pieces of my story. And I said, you know what, I said, um, and then throughout my life, people would know kind of a little bit and was like, you know, you need to, your story should be, your your life should be a book, you should write a book, and I see you in a book, and I don't know. but I'm like, you know, I always said, if one part of my life could inspire, that's all I really, you know, aim to, to do, because there's so many circumstances, situations I found myself that I could have, and so many other people have had similar circumstances and worse that I always keep in mind. Um, I, I didn't have to live in a foster home, even though I was, you know, adopted in kinship, but worse situations that felt despondent, felt like they wanted to give up, to give in, to felt like their life would not be nothing. They would be a nobody. They would, you know, just count it out, um, cast out, um, what their dreams are just shot. What, 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 what for, you know, um, to, um, even go after the dreams after you've been your first foundation of sexuality has been shaken by molestation Mm -hmm. and so confused. Why? What? So I've been there. So I said, if my story can help one person (laughs) to inspire them that, there were those thoughts that came in my mind of wanting mm-hmm. to give up and wanting to feel like that my whole life has been shaped around that circumstance or that situation. So why should I even care? You know, um, and then um, 
I was able to get out of that and get and work very hard to get to rebuild a a, a, a more healthier mental um, mental you know mental health or mental stability in my mm-hmm. mind and be able to view myself differently to be able to understand my self worth to um, like we talked about previously to say. If God gives me another day and I'm able to continue to live in this earthly life for a purpose, mm-hmm. at least I can do is invest in myself Yes. to be the best me that I can be. And if transparency is at its best at this time and I'm almost 50, then let's go for it. <laughs> I wouldn't care if I was 26. If this was the season that transparency is at its best mm-hmm. for me to have my, my voice and be able to claim my life back and invest in me and say, I can do this. I can be the best at anything that I put my mind to. I can be the most best healthy and, and, and uh, mother of, of four adult children, one minor, you know, and do the best that I can, put my foot forward, continue. No, is it going to be easy? Am I going to make mistakes because we're not perfect? Am I going to make mistakes on the along the way? Yes, me and my um, uh, I only had the one adult son, um, one son, and we had a um, a mom and dad, a mom and um, son talk today earlier, and he has a child, but um, um, I had to come back and apologize for being so passionately. (laughs) I was passionately, I was passionately (laughs) speaking. So, you know, like um, I said, away with words. Are we going to be perfect at anything? No. But if we can know and understand it's growth, it's progress, and if we can honestly say, but I'm progressing and be accountable for every mistake and learn from them, we got we got it. Mm-hmm. We can do this. We can do this. And one thing I was saying, I was thinking about what you were saying, Britt, about that first uh, nugget that you were saying about the um, – uh, um, uh, as far as the the um, the choice and and everything, as far as starting, you know, that inspiration, as far as the book, mm-hmm. um, I always had to keep in mind with that um, not um, um, embracing is choosing to be accountable for my actions mm-hmm. daily. I work on this, and I really believe this will help someone too. Daily, I work on this. And when I say daily, I'll work on this because I just got out of a four-year relationship um, last year, and um, it wasn't it wasn't a good one. You know, it was a, a repeated the cycle that I had to really come grips to myself and say, "Is this this the best for me?" And, and make a decision: what's best for Kim? Mm-hmm. What's best for Kim to live her remaining life with? You know, and getting back to this, I can't control or choose anybody else's behavior or responses. But what I can do is control my behavior Mm -hmm. and be accountable for my actions. And that's the only thing that I can do. Oh, my goodness. One (laughs) million percent, yes. I'm just over here again. I'm like your biggest cheerleader in this corner, just listening to you because – Again, you're so so much power in the words that you're saying. Um, I love 
we'll we'll start right there and then I'm going to say a few highlight a few more pieces that you spoke on but let's start right here about how you, you know you have you cannot change others actions you can only you can only remain accountable for your own and I think um, that actually pairs with, you know, having this conversation with your son. Um, and it just, you know, in my head, it really sparked um, something that you had previously mentioned about breaking the, the generational curses. Um, and in counseling, especially when it's, when it's something that involves trauma, um, we call it intergenerational trauma. And that is really when there's trauma passed down from one generation to the next unknowingly. So it's not necessarily trauma. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be physical or emotional or one exact thing. What it is, is basically a transference of their experience onto you. So if they feel that pain in some way, shape or form, that pain is then put onto you and then you feel the pain and you grow up and you push that pain onto your children and so on. And that is um, that is the cycle that we look to break. And I'm just hearing you talk about, you know, everything from building a strong mental health foundation um, to being accountable for your actions and what you do and understanding that you, you can't be accountable for others. Um, and it's those are all just such um, incredible foundational pieces to breaking those intergenerational curses, that intergenerational trauma and just, you know, hearing, um, I know we've spoke on your kids, not even just on this podcast, but previously, and I even was lucky enough to say hello to your youngest daughter. And, um, you know, you just, I, I can, I can just see that being a mother is something that is so incredibly important for you and lights you up and fills your cup and, um, how, however you want to put it, like you have done exactly what you need to do to make sure that your kids don't um, feel that generational trauma that you might have felt. So I put my best foot forward in it. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And that's why I was trying to make sure that listeners know it's an everyday, Mm -hmm. it's an everyday battle because like I was saying about the relationship, um, not being able to keep in mind, not being able to control anybody else's behavior and response, not saying that they don't, they don't hurt. Right. And they're mm-hmm. not disappointing. And they're not something that when it happens, it can blow you, blow your mind, right. you know, absolutely blow, blow your mind. But then this is when you have to work on yourself daily and reinvest in yourself and be enough awareness in you. And build your support system that how you respond and how you behave is one of the best choices for you. Mm-hmm. For, you. for you, not for <laughs> others, not for not for the person across the table yes. or down the street. It is yes. for you. And that is so. And not for your kids. Right. For you. I'm, I've been there. I'm so I've happy. Been there. I chose because of my kids and stayed in relationships Longer than what I should have, because I didn't want my kids to feel the void of not having two parents in the home. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn, and I wake up um, thinking about first and saying, "Lord, if it's selfish, then you're going to have to charge me for being selfish." <laughs> that's what I'm 
Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was going to say, I, I am just, I'm so happy that you're speaking, um, speaking to the parents in the crowd as well, because it's, I am not a parent yet. Um, and so I think that hearing those words come from a parent is really, really important because I think that, um, you know, just, just from observation and speaking to other parents that, um, that can get really tricky because you right. your kids are your world, understandably so, but you can't pour from an empty cup. And if you're not taking care of you, if you are yeah. not becoming the best you and doing what's right for you, your kids will suffer in a way that you don't have no no control over because you think you're because doing you're compensating mm -hmm. and doing for them. Right. Yeah. It's like and I've been there where I had compensated because imagine, you know, like, you know, Brie, I, I shared that a little bit, you know, with, with, you know, my, you know, my journey, but mm -hmm. I will share with my, um, with the viewers. I won't tell, I'll go all deep in details. You got to get the book. But my first being a mom was at 15. Yes. So my mentality of a, a, a teenage mom at 15, she was born July 31st. I turned 16, August 13th. And I was told I was a woman. I was told no birthday presents, no, no, nothing mm. that I had now responsibility. But I always had in the back of my mind um, that no matter now that this is a child that I had to raise and love and, and, and she loved me. Um, she's a part of me is that um, she would never feel the void that I felt right. of not having that mom. Right. So I overcompensate. I said, none of my children. I don't care how many fouls after her, but she set the tone. Mm -hmm. So I remember living years, sacrificing a lot of things, even parents know food, mm -hmm. you know, they, <laughs> anything that I got, they got. <laughs> yeah. Now, now Manye has a whole speech at six years old. Manye, you said you wanted so-and-so for dinner. Mommy said she wanted this for dinner. I feel like there's some left over for you. You should have asked for what mommy wanted. I was going to eat her dinner and you're going to eat yours. It had to grow on me, Brie. You set the boundaries. It happened overnight because I remember sacrificing. Yeah. Parents know what I'm talking about, especially the moms know what I'm talking about by sharing everything that your, 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 your life, your kids' life become your life. Your it's very true. Your yes. You will compensate and over. And I, over. Me, I know I did an overcompensation. Even at young, at young, I had four kids under twenty-five years old wow. at one time. So, wow. Um, I just made sure that they were my life, and then as I started investing in myself and going through many relationships and marriages, understanding the rule of thumbnail starts with me. Yes. I have to make choices. For me and invest in me. Yes. And 
having that self-awareness and self-love for me, for them. Mm-hmm. And it's not them first. It's mommy. It's, yeah. it's Kim. And and then I wouldn't even say mommy. I put me in a category of Kim. Kim, yeah. Yeah, because I'm human. Yeah. And we, me and my son had that conversation pretty much a little bit about I let him know. I, I gave him two parts. I said, I want you to not only look at me as your mother and respect as your mother, but me as a black woman. Mm-hmm. A woman mm-hmm. that isn't perfect but is a role model for you to have another woman treat you as similar as how I am, the characteristics, the ethics, the, the work ethics, the morals, the values mm-hmm. that you see in me. I would want you to because not just I'm your mom, but this black woman that is strong, not perfect, but has those that is a good woman that you can say. Absolutely. That's I love that that is able to come into our to our conversation too because how powerful is that? I mean, that is just that's almost like one of those real life defining talks with with your kids saying, you know, like if you're if you're looking for a partner, like I I want you I've tried to model the the person that I hope you can see my characteristics and see who I am and understand my values and find like find that in a mirror for the partner that you choose. I see. I thought you said it even even more beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to hold you to that. I mean, man, you'll have five, five children. And I don't know if you already have godchildren, but you're, you're on the list. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, okay. I, I hate to have to cut us short, but we have about uh, nine minutes left. So um, I want to do sort of the last things we do in the podcast first. Um, I, I do want to kind of bring purpose into it as I always bring into the end. And um, let's, I, and I really want to wrap your, your book into it too, because I know that that is really the, the, everything came full circle in you writing your book. So let's, let's just talk for um, a minute or two, just letting us know about, you know, how you fulfilled a purpose in writing this and, you know, how, what your plans are uh, to come with it all. Uh, well, um, what's, once again, um, when I got that uh, accept and embrace it all, mm-hmm. chapter to chapter, um, I even had my mental health uh, therapist on speed dial during the whole time <laughs> that I was writing this book through my COVID. And um, it was uh, one of my um, goals in life to fulfill, to inspire the world, inspire mm-hmm. the nation. I really want it to um, um, somehow get in a screenplay. Uh, oh, amazing. I want one more book out, and that's Do the Dashes of Life of the Relationships, because um, the and going more in depth in relationships, especially in church and throughout my life that I wasn't able to share because the memoir was more my solid 
foundation. Mm -hmm. All my marriages in there. It was all of my children that were born because there's nothing going to come after my day except for Greece. Um, <laughs> except, except for my babies since we <laughs> I'm done here I'm done here so all my all my birth of my children was there with the, wherever I was mentally all my marriages and all the way from the beginning as you were stating until where I'm at now and living life and embracing and accepting and also how I built my support system and not just embracing um, the um, unexpected outcomes but also embracing different uh, uh, directions in my life that how God will bring different people that doesn't look like us mm -hmm. um, in your life that you just need to embrace that is a help that is a mo motivation that is inspiring don't push them away but know that there's they're they're coming in for a plan in your life to help so be transparent yeah. be open for it just because they don't look like you or that because they're not in the same culture or same race or you know or um, gender it's a purpose for our life to have people coming in and out of our life. And I had to learn that some people are for seasons, some people are for a lifetime, but they're always a reason. I love it. I'm amazing. Yeah. It's, it, you know, you, uh, Again, just just to wow us one more time. I mean, you just you 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 say things that it's like I just don't even I can't even follow that up. It's so perfectly put, and um, I I love that. I've actually I've heard that before. People will come into your life for a season or a reason. You know, it's either or a, a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yes, that you said it. <laughs> See, I can't even. I, I know it was there. <laughs> um. Well, you know, I, I am I'm so excited to dive into your book. Um, I know that it is going to be filled with um, just the incredible insight that you've brought. Um, I look forward to really reading anything that you put out, you know, talking about relationships as well, because I know that has been a really um, powerful part of your story and your journey as well. Um, well, Kim, I just thank you so much. We're going to, uh, we're going to jump into the rapid fire round before we end, which is just a, a really quick way that we end it. But then I'm going to leave you the floor one more time to say anything you'd like to listeners and we'll close it out. Okay. Did you want me to, um, say the name of the book or you'll, you'll be able to do the caption? You, you are definitely going to say, actually, why don't we, why don't we do that now? So why don't you let everyone know, um, uh, where they can find you, name of the book, and all of that information. I will also, my listeners know, will put in all of the show notes, anywhere I post on YouTube, on my social medias. Um, all of my profiles will have all of the information as well. Okay. So it's on Amazon and Goodreads. Great. And it's um, the epitome of Kimmy. So, and you, you can't miss it because it's the picture of me, a little brown skinned girl. <laughs> So that was the only picture that I had. So I, oh. I, I was wrapped up. I, was, I don't have any pictures. Pictures from anywhere. So that was the first and the only picture that I had that my adopted parents had. Wow. So I thought that was very important. Absolutely. The, um, the, the cover. Yes. So, yeah, the epitome of Kimmy. And I do have a website, www.kimberlyannbell.com. I I'm, uh, definitely am um, um, excited to speak at any mm -hmm. uh, organization or we, we uh, love to travel. Um, definitely you can book me on that website and you can see my entire family too. So I'm, I'm hyped about that. Uh, the website. You can see my, the family that I talk about. 
I love it. I might even post some of the post some of those pictures just because I am just so excited about this episode. <laughs> Oh, okay. Amazing. So the epitome of Kimmy, you can find it on Amazon. Like I said, I will have that all shared everywhere, all links linked up. So everyone will be able to get uh, direct access to that. All right. Let's uh, let's jump into the rapid fire round in the last, last couple minutes. Um, <laughs> so in the beginning of the episode, um, I say the three pillars of the podcast are development, decision-making, and the dedication to purpose. Uh, so that's what these three questions are going to be on. The first one is development. Currently, in this very moment, are you working more on personal development or professional development? Personal. I love that you just answered that right away. You know, I, I, tr- it's not like I try to trick people, but I know as someone who studies personal and professional, professional development that they're all intertwined. So I like to just see, you know, in this moment right now, which one we choose. Right. <laughs> okay. So um, this next one is based on decision making. Um, when you make decisions, do you go based more on choice, meaning numbers, analytics, science focused, or guiding voice, meaning gut, intuition, spirituality, or something else of the sort? Choice or guiding voice? Guiding voice. Guiding voice. I, I, you know, I was going to guess guiding voice uh, just based on our conversation. A lot of actually, it's so interesting for me because a lot more of my guests actually go with guiding voice where, um, you know, I, I love to hear that because I think it's really wonderful when we're either following, you know, ourselves in that intuition or spirituality piece. So um, I love to hear it. Guiding voice. La- I, I, yeah. think, I, I think if you asked me a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I would have been yeah. But because I I'm I've been sticking sticking to the personal development. Yes. I do my nature walks and I and the first thing I do is have my my set of time with my spiritual being, which is God. Mm-hmm. Um, thanking him and giving my personal time first so that I don't sway, like I said two years ago, um, when Something didn't feel right. I would always try to, you know, normally I would try to outthink it uh-huh. by my mind or my heart. Say, ah, but you know what? I think that, you know, <laughs> and I should have went <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that is too funny. I understand. There's like a progression of how we make choices. Yes. <laughs> All right, we've got one uh, one minute left here. So that last question is dedication to purpose. Um, do you think that this is a singular moment in time or a daily practice? Daily practice. All right. Uh, Kimberly Bell, everyone. Kimberly, Kimberly, thank you so, so much. Uh, it has been such a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, And it's the epitome of Kimmy, everyone. You can find her book on Amazon. And as I end all of my podcasts, until next time, let this be the moment.